0: to see you here this morning welcome to uh, Eagles Way Church we're glad you're here today um, if you missed last Sunday it was great my dad did a, did an awesome job and I got a lot out of it I just thought I'd share this with you this morning he, he talked about he tells his clients the first thing that life is hard and you know I that settled with me well because sometimes I get to thinking you got to be positive all the time but things come life is hard right well that day my wife Lindsay decided that we were going to get a puppy. So all week this week, life has been hard. I've been up in the middle of the night cleaning the pen. But, you know, I've kind of used what he said. We went through this before. We had a puppy once before, and we wound up giving it away because I was like, I can't do it anymore. But I've, I've decided to look at him in a different way, even though, and I do get frustrated. It's hard, but he's real cute. And we love him, don't we, kids? And I'm just looking at it in a total different way. I know that really doesn't have a lot to do with this message, but you got to stay positive through things like that. So, rough week, we serve an awesome God. I'm thankful that Lindsay got us a puppy, and I'm thankful that you're here, and I'm thankful that we're here to worship this morning. So if you'll stand, we'll get this going.
1: pray, but only trust in Jesus' name, Christ
0: Awesome is he? you know this week I talked about my puppy it was a rough week for me but it was a rough week for our community for some some things that happened and we sing this song a lot great are you Lord but he says it says in the chorus and I mentioned this the first time that I sang the song and sometimes you just get away from something but what a line it is when it says um, the breath that we breathe aren't you just thankful for the breath that you breathe, right? Just for the life that God gave us, for the love that He gives us. And if you're in a hard place right now, I can promise you something. Our Lord is great, our Lord is awesome. If you focus on Him, things will get so much better. It'll get so much better. Life is hard, but not always because we have Him to get us through it. And when you start thinking about, I'm thankful for just the breath that I breathe, that I'm just thankful that I got up today and I'm able to drive here to church. I'm just thankful that I'm going to get to to eat after this. I'm thankful I'm going to get to be with my family. I'm thankful for the little things I'm thankful for. Aren't you glad for the sunshine after a few days of rain? Our Lord is great. He loves me. He loves you just be thankful for every little thing today thankful for even your breath god we just thank you for that today
1: give life
2: About what does cornerstone mean, and I don't have a dictionary in front of me, but essentially, it's a paradigm shifting, essential, essential, essential foundation, and we sing Christ alone is our cornerstone this life is meaningless without him it's painful without him and it feels different wherever you are today whether you're praising him through something painful or whether you're just celebrating how great life is wherever you are in the season that you're walking through You can step into this peace and people will see something different about you. If people ask you, what do you have that I don't? What what do you have that gives you this glow, that gives you, why am I drawing such comfort and peace from you just being around you? And you can say, because there's no one else for me. No one else for me, none but Jesus. And when you walk in that the world means something. Life means something. Relationships mean something. Worship means something. So wherever you are today, just take this last moment, these last few moments that we have and worship and just feel His flood of love wash over you and be so, so thankful that He is here. He is within you and He is all around us. He is all over us. mean it when you tell him there is no one else for me. None but Jesus. Thank you for your peace, Father.
3: For your presence. In the quiet, in the still sun, that you are God. In the secret of your presence, I know there I am restored.
4: When you call, I won't refuse.
2: i Each... sorry, guys. Can we start over? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's okay to start over? This song is important enough to start over until we get it right, okay?
5: Okay, Lauren, I understand that. I wished a lot of times I could start all over again. <laughs> and um but you know, I learned a principle a while back, and it was a such an important principle in my life, and that is that every day I get a do-over. Yeah. Every day yeah. I get a new twenty-four. Right. You know, in basketball there's a twenty-four second clock and they got twenty-four seconds to go down the court and shoot, make the play. But when that's over, they're going to get another 24 seconds. And, it, and God's that way. He gives you a new 24 hours every single day. His mercies are new every morning. And so every day I get a do-over. If, if yesterday I didn't do it as well as I wanted to, guess what? I got a do-over. If, that's awesome. If you don't hear anything else, you could go home right now and say, that was good. I know some of you are saying, why don't we? <laughs> <clears throat> but you get a do-over. Every single day, every 24 hours, you got a brand new day. got a brand new day. I love it. Don't you love God? Don't you love each other? Oh, you didn't say love each other like you did love God. Don't you love each other? Don't you love your wife? Don't you love your husband? Don't you love your kids? Sometimes. Don't you love your grandkids? Oh, Yeah. You don't know love till you get grandkids. Told Will and, and Jennifer for a long time, and finally he got it. He finally got it, and now he says what well, I used to tell people: you don't know until you know. You you hadn't got it till you get it. Anyway, love's great, isn't it? Life's great. Going to share some principles with you this morning, and um, uh, a lot has been said over the last month. A lot. And I know you don't get all that every time. So today we're going to do a little rehearsing. We're going to do a little recapping. And then I'll give you a, another principle that's a long principle, but it's a very important principle. But before I do, I want to pray a prayer that God's given me to pray for a long time. I don't know how long, maybe the rest of my life. Father, thank you. God, I ask you to give me pa- to preach with passion today, with power today, and purpose today. And let us all be renewed in our passion and in our power and in our purpose. And leave here, Lord, refreshed and renewed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's what this word kinos is. It's the Greek word in the Bible for new. And it's not the word new that you get something brand new. It's renewed. The Bible says that God is going to renew the earth. How many are glad for that? God's going to renew the earth. God's going to renew the earth. God's going to renew the earth. He's going to renew everything. Jesus said this, at the time of the renewal of all things. At the time of the renewal of all things, some wonderful things are going to transpire. But you got to believe that God is the God of God. Of renewal. I'm glad that my life has been renewed over and over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times God has renewed me, refreshed me, revived me, restored me. Aren't you glad for the re? Aren't you glad that re means he'll do it again, over and over and over and over again? He's helped. Oh, it's just so good to know that. And so um, here's some, we're on this series called Intentional, Being Intentional. And I know some of y'all have made your husband mad because he told you he intended to do something. And now since you've learned what that really means, it means that they do it. No. So when you tell your wife or your husband or your children, well, I intended to, you can't use that anymore. Because if you intend to do something guess what you do it if you intend to do it so I, I, I had to stop saying well I intended to or I, well I had good intentions no no you didn't have good intentions because you didn't do it if you intend to do it you do it and if we'll live how I many we have to live an intentional life because if you don't you live a haphazard life And a haphazard life is a life that your happiness is built on your happenings. If if my happenings are good, I'm happy. But if I live an intentional life, then I live out of a joyful life. And my joy is not what's happening around me, but my joy is coming from what's within me. That out of my innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And I have a well of joy and peace and happiness that's inside of me. And I can allow that to flow. And it has nothing to do with what's out here. It has everything to do with what's going on inside here. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I may share it with you later on in this message. I don't know. I may. I shared with a small connect group I had Wednesday night, some personal things. And I may share it with you this morning. I don't know. But how that the joy of the Lord got me through the last several years. We talked about being intentional with our walk or our behavior. Say behavior. I, I get tickled sometimes when I, adults are so wanting their children to behave, right? I mean, you you leave the dust to tell Jet, now "Jet, behave for Gaga and Nan." Well, he will. You don't have to say that he will. You because I see him in a total different light than you see him, and so we see him as behaving. He behaves. We'll, you'll see that in the end. And so, but how many know that as adults, we need to behave too? We need to behave ourselves. I don't know who this is for, but you need to get up Monday morning and behave yourself. You just, you just sometimes you just need to look at your husband. You need to behave. You need to act like you're supposed You are a Christian I, I, do we forget that sometimes that we are Christians? We're Christ-like. Well, I, behave yourself, boy! I didn't mean to look right at you, Michael, when I said that. But, but <laughs> you happened to catch my eye, I and mean, we didn't mean it personally. It just unless you needed that, I don't know. But you know, we need to behave ourselves. We need to behave ourselves. we need to be intentional in bearing fruit and i love this principle i'm going to keep repeating it until we get it you can't ask god for patience you won't get it you can't ask god for fruit because fruit grows you can't ask god for love because love grows it's a fruit The fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, and faith. Against such there is no law, or there's nothing the law can do to contradict it. There's nothing the law can do to add to it. There's nothing the law can do to stop it. It's a fruit. You grow it. When I need patience, it's too late to ask God for patience when I'm needing it. I either got it or I don't. I've grown it, or I don't have it. It... It's got to grow. Now, this was a horrible thing my daddy used to say, but but it had a little bit of truth to it. He said, marry for money. He said, love grows, money don't. Now, now that's not a a really good statement, but at least he had the growing part right, you know, because some people, you know, love did grow after they got married. For some people, love did die after they got married. Anyway, that's another story. So how do I bear fruit? I bear fruit because I'm a vine. And some things got to be cut out of my life. And some things have to be washed out of my life. There are vines that the vinesman says, let's just cut that off because it's not bearing any fruit. All it's doing is zapping energy and nutrients and it just needs to be cut off. I don't know about you, but I found out there's some things in my life at times that needed to cut off. They weren't helping me. They weren't adding to me. They weren't giving me anything. They were just draining me of my nutrients, draining me of my strength, draining me of my power. It needed to be cut off. And the other times, the vinesman would go and he washes the vines and gets the insects and the things off of it. That's what the Word of God does. We are washed by the Word of God. You're being washed right now. Word of God is washing you, cleansing you, and you don't even know it. But he's washing you, fruit-bearing. Talked about intentional in our prayers, and you need to change your prayers from asking to declaring. Prayer should be more affirmation than asking. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. His rod and his staff comforts me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a prayer, but it's an affirmation. It's an affirmation. It's a declaration. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, God, for my daily bread. The only thing he, he said to ask for is forgiveness. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You know how to get, a, get out of temptation? How to overcome temptation? Don't go there. That's the, the easiest way to overcome temptation is don't put Yourself there. Solomon said in Proverbs, you see that street? Don't go down that street. If you go down that street, you're toast. If you stay away from that street, you're okay. Don't go down that street. You know, it would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? If you had this trail and you got up every day and you went down the same trail and you fell in the same hole every day. How am I going to? Don't go down that way. Stop going down that way. And you won't fall in the hole. It's like every time I do this, it hurts. Stop doing that. (laughs) We so complicate life. We so complicate life. If it hurts, stop. If it's painful, stop. Stop. Don't put yourself in situations that are hurtful and painful. Stop. Every time I do that, it hurts. Stop doing that. I said to the doctor one time, this hurts every time I do that. He said, well, stop doing that. I mean, the medicine's just right here, right in the brain. Stop. Joey talked about intentional on in our thoughts, how to think right, how to... Keep renewing our minds over and over again. And how to apply it. And last week we talked about intentional in our giving. And um, thank you for your response to help us catch up over the summer. And uh, I tell you how good God is. Somebody was watching on Facebook and came by my house. That hadn't been in here in a service here in a long, long time. And gave me a $700 check Monday night just out of the blue. Ain't God good? And... Giving is so important. I I was telling my small group Wednesday night, God reminded me that this church is a giving church and a restoring church. That the two things that God had really placed in us and it's been with us for years and years that we got to get back to is giving and restoring. At one time, we could boast 97% of our people tithe 97% we had so much money that we would have guest speakers in and not even receive an offering and we could we had we had people come in for one service and give them two thousand dollars and not even receive an offering because of the giving of the people my father was a giving man he gave And there's three ways to give, your talents, your time, and your tithe. And what happens? My father was debt-free at 50 years of age. Now, that says a lot for him because he he wasn't a wealthy man, didn't make a lot of money, but he was a giver. And he could do a little bit of everything and do it well. He could plumb, he could uh, work on cars, he could do electrical work. I mean, you name it. He, anything go wrong in the house, Daddy fixed it. But Daddy didn't just fix cars for money. He fixed cars for people. They he didn't charge them. Fixed a the car. He and I, when I was a little boy, there's a church on the other side of the city. Me and him plumbed that whole church when I was nine years old. Now, Y'all think I hadn't done anything oh my. Yes, something y'all know. Now no. me and daddy plumbed a church, a whole church, me and my daddy plumbed it. just so you know, I can do something other than preach. Don't say nothing back to that. So he gave her that. He gave of his time. He, when he died, there were thousands and thousands of dollars owed him. But when Daddy loaned money, he loaned it with not the intent of getting it back. He didn't give it, loan it, and think, I'm going to get it back. When you, that's the best way to loan, by the way. If you loan somebody money, don't expect it back. And then you, you'll be okay when it don't come back. You see, giving and time. I mean, you know, my love language, you know what my love language is? Time. I'll give you Time. That's how I love. I'll give you time. I'll, I'll, I love giving time. Because time's is a, a great commodity. Right. It's a great commodity in life. And we cherish that probably today. Maybe more than anything else. Yeah. You agree? People love their time. But I want to tell you something about tithing. See, tithing is not sowing seed. Tithing... The Bible says if you bring your tithe into the storehouse. This is what I do. I'll open up the windows of heaven. And I'll pour out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. I'll rebuke the devourer for you. I will, I will, I will cause your work to be fruitful. Uh, your, 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 your fruit's not going to be immature. It's not going to default along the way. Everything in your life's going to go well. How many of you like it when things in your life go well? So this is. tell you a couple of stories about about giving and how this the windows of heaven is not money how many know this stuff worth much more than money much more than money what he's saying is things will really go well with you things will really go well with you there was a prophet named elijah And God told Elijah, he said, I want you to go to this brook. Elijah prayed and shut the heavens up for three and a half years. It didn't rain. Prophets, and I'll, anyway. He was going through a tough time in his life. God said, I want you to go to this brook. And there I've commanded a raven to feed you. And every day this raven came and fed Elijah. And the brook dried up. And God said, now I want you to go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow there to feed you. Let me, let me tell you something. I'm backing up a little bit. You've got to learn to receive as well as give. I have found out that a lot of people are givers, but they're not good receivers. You've got, you've got to open up and receive too. Because I'm telling you, if you give, you'll be given back to you. So you're going to have to receive. So he says, he sends him a dirty bird to feed him. If you don't know, it, a raven is a dirty bird. It's a nasty bird. How would you like for a nasty bird to bring you some meat in its mouth to feed you? God told me a long time ago, you got to be willing to receive from anybody. You got to be willing to receive from the wealthy and you got to be willing to receive from the not wealthy. You've got to be willing to receive from wherever it comes from. And I learned as a young minister, I had to open my heart and my life to whosoever will, just like God does. Then he says, I want you to go to Zarephath and I've commanded a widow. Now, how would you like to be a prophet or a pastor and say, well, let's tell the story. He goes to a widow and, and, and it, he says, what are you about to do? She said, I'm about to go, and I got this handful of meal and this little flour. I'm about to go make a cake, and me and my son are going to eat it. And after we do, we're going to die. This is all we got. We're going to die. This is all we have. We're going to die. We're going to eat it, and we're going to sit and wait to die. And Elijah says, go make me a cake first, first fruit. And your barrel of meal will never run dry and your oil will never give out. And so because she did that, her barrel of meal never went out and the oil never went out. But there's something far greater that happened than that. Later on, her son dies. And Elijah raises her son from the dead. Which is more important? Wow. See, there's a lot of good stuff that comes that you don't recognize. I was sharing with my small group that the last several years, I've battled depression more than I've ever battled depression. Now, here's the good part. I never got depressed. I battled it. But it was an ongoing battle. And God told me, he said, I love the fish. And so I just go down to the pond sometime at the farm and I just, I'll fast fish. And I always throw a cork out because I like to watch a cork bobble in the water. And catch some brim and whatever else. and." I had this vision. God said, "I made you like a cork. Because of your giving, and you never stopped giving in your time of trouble, I made you like a cork. You bopped down, but you popped up. You went down, but you popped back up. And I thank God, because I found out something years ago, you can't stop giving. You've got to keep giving when you're down. You've got to keep giving when you're up. Got to, giving is what this thing's all about. And I know without a doubt because I've given him my talents. I've given him my time. And I've given him my tithe. I've given to God that he kept giving back to me. And every time I pop down, I pop back up. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall rise again. Seven times in a day, a righteous man may fall. But seven times in a day, he gets back up. It's a principle. God honors the principle. That means more to me. You see, when I was when I was going through, I wasn't making a big deal out of it. Because I laugh a lot. If you've ever been around me, you know I laugh a lot. And I make people laugh. I love making people laugh. I do. I, I would do something stupid just to make you laugh. I love to see people laugh. I love to make people laugh. And so I just, I, I've lived my whole life that way. Jet Tackle's just like me. We're just Love make people laugh. Whatever it is, we just love to make people laugh. And I didn't think about and worry about this depression so much because I'm Buren Goss. I'm the laughing preacher. (laughs) and I make people laugh. I'm the only laughing prophet maybe on the earth because I'm not a doom and gloom prophet. I'm the best is yet to come prophet. And so I laugh a lot. And Robin Williams killed himself. Man, you're talking about a slap in the face. And I went, you get to take this thing a little more serious. Here's a man who spent his life laughing and making people laugh, but something was wrong. Now, I've never been suicidal. I never even got near to that place. It just spoke to me. But I know without a doubt I could be on medication today were it not from my giving attitude. I never stopped giving. I never stopped caring. I gave my time to my mama. I gave my time to Mike. I gave my time. I gave my time. I gave my time. I gave my time. And when it came time for me to have it, he gave it to me. Yeah. And that's the way he is. You can't outgive him. Right. It all comes from giving. Did it come from praying? No. it come from studying? No. It came from giving. Like I shared last week, I Young guys would come up to me years ago and they'd go, man, you must pray a lot. Man, you must, you must study so much to, to preach like you preach and do it. You must, you must study and pray so much. And I said, well, I pray and I study. But let me tell you where you get it. Cutting grass. Because I cut the grass at the church. We cleaned toilets at the church. We did whatever needed to do. We did it all. That's where it came from. I told one young guy he wanted to be a pastor. We had work day. He didn't show up. I said, you want to be in the ministry? He said, yeah, show up at work day next time. You want the easy way. This thing ain't ain't easy always. It's hard sometimes. But it's good. Well, amen. I didn't come here for all this, Buren. Yes, you did. Yes, how many know God knew you was coming? And he gave this to me for all of us. And I'm not talking just to him, I'm talking to me too. Now, I want to give you the title of this message this morning. It's a long one, unusual title. And then I'm going to read one passage of Scripture and one other verse and tell you how to do this. We've got to be intentional. Now, listen, because I don't have it on the screen. We've got to be intentional about living out of a positional life to experience an experiential life we have to live out of a positional life to experience an experiential life what is that people try to live out an experience without knowing their position. People try to do good to be good. Try to be righteous, do righteousness to be righteous. And it's not about doing. Never has been. Well, it has been years ago. It was all about doing. Old covenant, all about doing. New covenant, it's all about being. Since the cross, there's a whole different way to live. And we live from the cross. Now, what does it mean we live from the cross? For I re- I've been crucified with Christ. Say, I've been crucified with Christ. Okay, I've been crucified. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it ain't a hard thing to say. I know you didn't want to say it. but it, b- Bottom line, I don't want to say that. Well, positionally, we've been crucified. How many thought everything in life's about a seed? Everything. Everything's about seeds. You plant seeds. But the thing about seeds, you've got to plant the seed and you've got to leave it alone. You, you can't plant the seed and go dig it up and see how it's doing. See, I plant seeds every Sunday morning. But I, I can't go. I don't go to your house and then tomorrow I'm not going to come to your house and say, how is it working? It, it, is, is it working? No, I'm probably going to get talked to about, stop messing with me. Stop messing with the seed you plant. Plant the seed and leave it there. And then the seed's got to die. I said to God one time, God, I'm hurting. He said, you're not dead yet. Now, I wanted something bigger than, I wanted a a better answer than that. Come on, God, counsel me. You're not dead yet. Dead people don't hurt. So, wow. So the seed's got to fall on the ground and die. If it doesn't, it abides alone. But if it does, it bears much fruit. The apostle Paul comes along, and Paul begins to write to churches. He's the apostle called out of due season. I believe, personally, he was to be the 12th apostle. But Jesus went and chose his 12 apostles. He chose him, You know, when they, Judas left, and so they're going to add another apostle, and so in the early church, they cast lots. <laughs> Man, what a way to choose. They, th- they threw the dice, so to speak. Let's see what lot it lies on. They <laughs> like taking 20 men and putting 20 straws and said, who's got the shortest straw? You're the next apostle. How many would like that apostle? And so they get an apostle that you never hear one iota about, ever. But finally, Apostle Paul comes along. And Jesus himself calls him. And Jesus tells him, I want you to go. You're going to understand the mystery of the kingdom. Here's this man who writes letters. And that's why you'll see every single Bible I have that the pages of the epistles have been worn and torn and worn and torn because that's what its explanations about and the apostle paul the apostle paul is the only person who got it he writes more words in the Bible, than anybody else. And he spent most of the time in jail writing them. He's quite a man. And there's a church called Ephesus. It's the largest church. Ephesus met in an arena of 65,000 people. But they were living way beneath themselves. They weren't living up to their potential. I love the fact that I can always live up to my potential through God. But they weren't living up to it. And so Paul writes in Ephesians 1, and he says, beginning at verse three, "All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and he gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His own Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill His own good pleasure. This is His plan. At the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and everything on earth. Wow, what a promise. I want to give you eight things that he just said. And you need to say it to yourself I am blessed. I am blessed. You're blessed. You're happy. You're prosperous. I am, I am united with Christ. I We're joint heirs. I'm united with him. I am loved. most powerful and most unknown force in the world is still love. It can conquer anything, overcome any obstacle, climb any mountain, go through any trial. Press through any storm. Get through anything that's heralded them. Love is the greatest thing in the world. I am chosen. He used the word that some of you have experienced it. You adopted a child. See, I love her. To, I loved her, lo- I didn't choose her. God gave her to me. I, I didn't have anything to do about it. I wanted a boy. And, I, and we, I knew it was a boy. Doctor said it was a boy. So I had a boy's name. His name was going to be Dustin Buren. What a name. That's who I wanted. I wanted Dustin Buren. And so we, we didn't even have a girl's name. And so we'll get to the hospital and the doctor comes out and he walks. He says, You got a girl. I I just drop. I mean, I hate it. You know how much I love her. Now. I tell this story. I just looked at him like, you said it was a boy. He said, eight pounds and thirteen ounces. I said, Well, she's a big one. At least she's big. But I didn't choose her. God just gave her to us and I'm so glad he did but you know when you adopt one you didn't it wasn't just thrown in your lap you meticulously chose that child And see this is what God did he sees you just as you are he sees all that you can be And out of his love for you, he chooses you. He adopts you. And this is what he said. I am holy. And I'm without fault. Some of you, that would be hard for you to. Would you just do something for me right now? Do something really for yourself. Would you say this? Say it after me. I am holy. I am without fault. Anybody ever told you that? (laughs) Anybody ever told you, Brandon, you was without fault? Did your wife ever told you you're perfect and there's nothing wrong with you? All that, yeah. Has anybody ever told you you're without fault? You, in his eyes, you've got to see yourself that way because that's how he sees you. I am holy and without fault. I, I'm forgiven. I'm showered with kindness. Kindness, I believe, is the most underestimated virtue in the earth. I really believe that. You know what Jesus did in his three and a half years of ministry? He just went around being kind. He was just kind. Kind to the unlovable. Kind to the adulterers, Kind, kind, kind to people. And this t- tore the Pharisees up. They'd never seen it happen that this man was kind to everybody. And I'm wise and I'm understanding. Do you know how many people tell themselves they're dumb and stupid every day? And there's probably many of us here, maybe even this week, you might have said to yourself, I'm so dumb. No, you're wise and understanding. You're looking at somebody right here that I know without a doubt that God took this man. He took him from a life that he could have lived so far beneath, so, so far beneath where he is right now without this self-esteem I have, without this understanding of who I am, without thinking to myself, I'm so dumb. I am so stupid. I said to myself, I'm dumb. I said to myself, I'm stupid. My grade said I was dumb and my grade said I was stupid. And I was on that road to live a life that was never gonna go anywhere. And one Sunday night, God reached down and He grabbed a hold of me and He pulled me to Himself and He adopted me, and He chose me, and He said, No, 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 no. You're without fault, you're holy, you're one of the smartest men in the world. <laughs> I was sitting, I'm just standing. I was sitting on a, and I, I, don't, I don't really I do care how you take this and I don't care <laughs> I was sitting on a, in Florida on a balcony one morning a few years ago when the depression really started hitting me joy and I was on this balcony I was having me a cup of coffees all by myself I was moaning now when I moan the, the thing that I don't do is talk because I know that makes it worse. But I was moaning. And I was looking at my life, basing my success on how many people's at church, how much money's in the bank. I was basing it all on outward circumstances. And I was feeling very unsuccessful. I was counting all my years in the ministry. <laughs> well, boy, you can put yourself in a hole quick. I was digging a good one. But this merciful God sat down next to me on that balcony. This is what he said. I've made you one of the best communicators in the world. That's what my father said to me. Now, you may not think that. and That's okay. He does. And when he said to me, I've made you... One of the best communicators in the world. you know what that did for me? Oh my gosh, I I exploded inside. All I could do was thank him and thank him and thank him because I was one of the least people in the world that you would ever think could stand up and talk to five people, much less whatever number of people. You've got to hear what God says about you. And that is what God has said about you. Stop saying about yourself opposite. You've got to agree with God about you. You've got to renew your thoughts about you. You are spiritual. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. When I see who I'm, how I'm positioned... Then I live out of that. I'm not trying to get there. I'm already there. The worst thing you can do is try to get somewhere that you're already at. <laughs> you're already there. And then when you see that, you live out of that. And then you know what? Then you experience it. Then you experience it. Then you experience it. I can't tell you how. You have to renew yourself daily about this. And still one of my favorite illustrations is if I look on the back of your shirt, there's a label. And that label is going to say, Nike, whomever made that. And whoever made that shirt is the only people that can label it. Whoever made that shirt, no, they can put their name on that shirt. What is that? <laughs> Banana Republic. <laughs> now, <laughs> see, but, I love picking on you. Banana Republic. Yeah. That joke's coming to my head and I got to get it out. And whoever whoever made it and whoever bought it can label it. Now Banana Republic didn't make it. Somebody else made it, probably got made in Japan in there too. Underneath it when you thought it was Banana Republic, but it was made in Japan. So they can put that, they can label that because one created it and one bought it. God created you, and God bought you. He didn't just create you. He bought you. He bought you. He created you. Then he bought you back. Or Rob, did you tell the story of a little boy who had a sailboat? And he's playing in the pond with a sailboat. And the sailboat drifted away, and he lost it. One day, he was went home. He was so heartbroken. He lost his sailboat. And he was walking downtown, and he came across a pawn shop. And in the window was that sailboat. And he got his daddy, he said, can we go? And I got to buy that boat. And he went, he bought that boat, and he came out, with and he's walking down the sidewalk with his daddy. He said, you're mine twice, you're mine twice, you're mine twice. His daddy said, son, what do you mean that boat's yours twice? He said, I made it with my own hands, and I bought it back. God made you with his own hands. Then he bought you back when you got lost. See, the Bible says, come back to God. you always been his. You was his before you were ever your mama and daddy's. You've always been his. He created you and he bought you back. Don't get no better than that. That's who we are. That's who I am. Start agreeing with God about who you are. Amen? Start agreeing with God. As eldership's coming, we're going to receive communion. And, you know, I hope today this communion can be to you a reminder of who you are can we do that can we can we let this communion today remind us over and over again who i am who i am who i am not what i say to myself i am who god says that i am amen you know the drill go to your left come around whatever's to your left is how you go the service of course with communion but also re-emphasizing the word kindness and I do believe it's one of the most unestimated words in the world and that the Bible says that it was the kindness of God that brought men to repentance you know we say a lot of times about someone they're so nice no they're so kind the reason they're nice is because they're kind kindness is an action kindness is doing something for somebody And then receiving it, I gave a guy some money several weeks ago, and I knew he needed it. And so I gave him extra, and then he got religious on me. He said, I'm going to give this to somebody else who needs it. And I wanted to say, God told me to give it to you. Don't be giving my money to somebody else. You receive it. You need to, there was a kind that you need to receive this. Sometimes we just need to receive had a guy in a church years ago, and he married this little girl, and she was a feisty thing, and she liked to argue. And so, every time they get into an argument, he'd look at her and just start speaking in tongues. He just, you know, just, and she wanted counsel, so they came to me one day for counseling, and I sat down with them and said, What, what how can I help you? And she said, Every time we get in an argument, he starts praying in tongues. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, You can't do that. He said, Why? I, I said, I don't know why. <laughs> I said, I don't know why you can't, but you something about that, I, I don't know, you just can't do that. <laughs> I shared this story with Will and Ralph at lunch the other week and I thought to myself, I think he was right. <laughs> I, that was maybe some of the worst counsel I ever gave. The man was just trying to defuse an argument and just be kind. And I'm thinking now, the dude probably a whole lot smarter than I thought he was. How can, can't we just be kind to one another? Can't we? He was so kind. He gave his body. and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. In remembrance of me what I've done for you so that you can be with me united with me this is my blood which was shed for you drink it in remembrance of me that I have forgiven you and you can't get any more holy than you are right now. You can't be, you can't get any more holy and without fault than you are right now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for receiving. Thank you for believing it. And I don't say that with jest I say that in all sincerity thank you for hearing thank you for receiving thank you for believing it because that will make all the difference in the world thank you that you're going to be a part of a church that's going to be restored back to giving and restoring people the way that we're called to do. Thank you for being a part of a church that's going to have more than it ever had, It's going to be above and not beneath, and going to have more than enough to do what it needs to do. Thank you for being a part of a people who know that forgiveness is the key to the restoration of everything on the face of the earth. Thank you for being a part of a movement that is so awesome and so powerful that it's going to penetrate every facet of society, every type person that there is. And it will show no respect of people. It'll reach the lowest, it'll reach the highest, it'll reach to the furthest, it'll reach to the closest, it'll reach far beyond anything we could even ask or imagine or think. Thank you for being a part of something that's far bigger and greater. Thank you for being a part not of a church, but of a kingdom that's bigger than the church. The church is local, and the church is the ecclesia. The church is where we hear it. The church is where we receive it. But the kingdom of God's out there and the kingdom will never stop increasing and the glory of God's going to cover the wa- earth as the waters cover the sea and the best is yet to come and you're going to see that God said I will renew all things because he's the God and it's his kingdom and we're part of it we leave here with an authority to go establish that authority in every pl- place of the earth and the glory of God covered as the waters Cover the sea. Amen. Hallelujah. Be a cork. Pop back up. I did. God bless you.